Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Answers coming up in 15 minutes or so. You can send your questions to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780 with Tanner Hendricks and I'm Alex Ferrario. This is BK and Ferrario as we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line right now to talk about what has gone on in the last 48 hours around the National Hockey League. We welcome in the chief editor for the fourth period, also a host and analyst for Sirius XM on the NHL side. He is friend of the show, David Pinota. David, it's great to catch up with you, man. How, uh, I guess I should say, how have the last 48 hours been? Because I'm assuming busy for you like it's been for everyone around the NHL. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been it's been hectic. Uh, it, it's been a lot to unravel and and uh, try to piece everything together. Uh, try to figure out which games are happening, which aren't. Uh, there's there's certainly been a lot going on the last. Uh, I'd even say, you know, 72 hours with with everything um, that that has been going on across the NHL with the restrictions that were implemented on Saturday officially and all of the additional COVID cases and cancellations that are taking place, or postponements, I should say. So it's certainly a lot to take in. We had another game, uh, Columbus and Boston, uh, excuse me, Buffalo, that got postponed today. So as of now, there's just one game on the schedule for Monday. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of frustration around the league, but... I mean, a lot of understanding as well as to what's going on. Yeah, David, it looks like there's 27 games that have been postponed until after the holidays as of Saturday with 12, maybe more uh, moving forward. I guess the first question to jump in with this is, do you feel like the NHL mishandled this or is this something that was just inevitable? I mean, you could you could certainly make the argument that they could have acted a little bit sooner. Um you know, with respect to delaying things from Ottawa's perspective, the New York Islanders, they they tried to get their games pushed earlier than they originally were. Um, I mean, you could kind of do it, but it certainly seemed like this was just going to spread regardless. Uh, and it's been making its wave across the NHL for the last, you know, couple of weeks here and, and really escalating in the last several days. So, I mean, I don't know really if that would have done anything had they – you know, postpone the couple Islander games sooner than they actually did, uh, because it just seems like it, it was it was bound to happen. Um, the frustration that lies with a lot of players and, and teams, even though everybody understands why the protocols are in place, um, is that you know I would say a, a, a significant majority of those that have been coming down with uh, positive cases of, of COVID are are experiencing zero or very, very mild symptoms. There are a few players that I'm aware of that did feel ill. It lasted, I want to say, a max of two days from, from my understanding. Uh, and that, that has been the extent of it. The rest of it is uh, either very, very mild, they feel a little tickle in the throat for a little bit, and then it's gone, or zero symptoms. So there's a lot of frustration because guys certainly want to play. Um, but at the same time, they, they certainly understand the importance of, of why this is happening. 
David, as we get past the Christmas break that's coming up here, one thing that's been talked about here in St. Louis a lot has been the no cap relief for guys going on to the COVID-19 list. Now, when you have a team that has about 19 guys on it like Calgary did, there's nothing really you can do there. I, I understand that one. But we've seen across the league a lot of teams playing shorthanded a game because they have to do that to get that emergency loan uh, for a player for the next game. Do you think the NHL is going to make a change going into the new year, or do you think they're going to stick with this and uh, continue with no cap relief for guys going on to the COVID protocol list? It certainly sounds like they are just going to continue status quo and go from there. And, and you know, part of the argument from their perspective is, well, it's not just one or two teams that have to deal with this. It's pretty much, you know, half the league plus at this point. So everybody's kind of in the same positioning. So, you know, from a competitive balance perspective, you're, you're pretty even. Um, that's kind of the argument there. To go through those types of changes, it's, it's a lot more complex than just saying, okay, well, take those players off that are on COVID and utilize that cap space. Because how does that then affect uh, you know, perhaps making roster adjustments and additions later on? How does it affect the trade deadline? Do we restrict it uh, exclusively to call-ups based on COVID? Um, and then the legalities around the CBA that, that play a factor here. So it's, it's not that simple as just as it sounds. Because um, it certainly makes sense to me. Put the guy on and then get a player out up there to, to step in and utilize that relief strictly for those purposes. But there's so many other ramifications associated with it. It, it, it just doesn't sound like they want to go down that road. We're talking with David Pignot, editor-in-chief of the fourth period, host and analyst on Sirius XM NHL. So, David, the question that all hockey fans are asking now is, does this have de- uh, immediate um, impact with the possible Olympics uh, of NHL players playing in Beijing in February with all of these games needed to be made up uh, and with the possible um, quarantine period that they would have to have in Beijing, it sure kind of seems inevitable that the NHL is not going to be having players playing in Beijing. I'm expecting an announcement this week on that. Um, they're, they're going through all of that. The NHL and NHLPA are going through everything uh, you know, as we speak. Uh, it really started to ramp up yesterday. Uh, at this point, I mean, it, it's not official, but I would be very, very surprised um, if if the players, the NHL players, do go to the Olympics. I think it's out. Uh, that my understanding is that that will be official in some capacity later this week. Now, I say in some capacity because there is still some discussion over allowing players that are really adamant about going to go overseas to to Beijing and represent their country. If that is the case, and this is one of the options that has been discussed to a certain extent, if that is the case, if they miss NHL action because the league is not all on board in the NHL and NHLPA, if they decide jointly to forego the Winter Olympic participation but still allow uh, certain players if if they really want to go, then there may be a stipulation that if you do miss NHL action, be it going over to play or if you are quarantined over there, you will forego and forfeit part of that salary over that period. That's something that has been discussed. I don't know if it really gets there uh, because there's a ton of complications and, and you know red tape around that. Uh, but on the grand scheme of things, uh, I, I would be very, very surprised at this stage if they allow the players to effectively go over. They're talking right now about trying to see how they can implement some games within that February break uh, to, to kind of make up some postponed games so it doesn't trickle out towards 
later on in the season and we have an extended regular season going into May. That's where I was going to go next with it, David, because if that does happen to where the players don't go to the Olympics or even if some go uh, in the scenario that you just painted for us and the teams do still play, are, are we looking at that those full three weeks to where they would make up those games? And I know this is kind of further down the road. We don't know yet. Uh, but Or could this possibly where they give them like a week of a bye week like they usually have and then try yeah. and implement them for those other two weeks? Right, and that seems to be the more um, likely scenario. As of now, the, the All-Star game is still on schedule, um, and that's the first weekend of, of February. Uh, there's obviously some, some different complications associated with that because you're bringing all the players from everywhere together. We're hoping and very hopeful that by over a month from now, things are a lot cooler in this regard. Um, but as of now, that Olympic break is still in place. Or excuse me, the, the All-Star break is still in place. The games are still on schedule the uh, skills competition and the all-star game. And then that you've got that bye week that kicks in. So I would anticipate there, there's going to be some type of break in the schedule to allow players to have their respective bye weeks. Cause there is no, if there is no Olympics or when that is, um, I'm anticipating kind of around the 15, 16 range, somewhere midweek of the week of that 14th of February is when we may start to see some games trickle in. Now, obviously a lot of buildings have different you know, concerts and other things going on. There are windows within a variety of team schedules that will allow games to be played, uh, but that's everything that the league is scoping over right now. Um, so I do expect, if no Olympics, then that break will be certainly shortened to probably half of what it originally was, which was three weeks. we got a couple more minutes with David Pignotta, who's joining us here on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. It's BK and Ferrario with Tanner Hendricks, and I'm Alex Ferrario. Uh, so, David, to, to hone in on this Blues team that has gone through players on the COVID list, that have gone through massive injuries. I mean, they've played five games this season, short a skater or 11 forwards and seven defensemen, and they're still only one point out of the best point percentage in the Western Conference, four away from being the best team in the NHL. What have you made of the Blues this season? The, the confidence has trickled back into this into this group. Um, you know, and, and we're see, we've seen that with, uh, with certainly a lot of performances. We're seeing guys that have stepped up, kind of the next crop, taking a more responsibility with this, with this group, be it Barbashev, Kairou, uh, Thomas, that have really performed well you know, so far this, this season, Bushnevich has been an excellent acquisition. Uh, he's kind of co-leading the team and scoring with, with Tarasenko, who's been revitalized this year. So you're getting contributions from up and down. They're sound, uh, you know, defensively. Jordan Biddington has been solid. Lindgren, uh, as he's come in here, has been, has been lights out. So they're getting contributions from up and down that lineup, and the veterans are doing their job at the same time. The younger guys are really starting to step up for this club to really give this, this team a very balanced attack that makes it certainly difficult for the opposition to hone in on because you can try to go after one line with your top defenders, but, okay, you've got a couple other lines that could be a little bit dangerous uh, as well. Brandon Side's got 11 on the season. Uh, they're spreading out the goal totals. They're spreading out the offense, and, and this is, to me, what certainly puts them ahead of uh, the curve for a lot of different teams out there because they've got such – an arsenal that they can utilize on a game-by-game basis. Final one for you, David. And I think if you were to ask a lot of Blues fans, they're still skeptical of this team being a cup contender, legitimate cup contender. Uh, If you were to look at this team, and again, it's so hard to evaluate because they've played one game this year where they've been fully healthy. But if you were to look at this team, does this team look like a team that when healthy, they can compete? Or does this look like a team that might need to address some weaknesses? 
they, they certainly look like a group that can compete. Um, you know, you're always going to look, and, and you know, Armstrong's always going to look to see how he can further improve the club and how can you bring in pieces that can complement the current group. But they're not that far removed from, you know, winning the Stanley Cup a few seasons ago. You've got a lot of players on this roster that have those rings that, and you ask any player, you win a championship, the next season starts, you got that taste, you want to do it all over again. So the fact that they've got that plus, you know, the younger guys that are stepping up and, and getting more responsibility, you combo that, to me, that is a, that is a very solid recipe for success. Um, and, and we'll see if they do do anything afterwards in terms of additions closer to the March 21st trade deadline. Uh, but, you know, this team, the way they're constructed, the additions they've got, the rejuvenation of Tarasenko and others, um, this is a very dangerous club. And, and as you said, once they do get healthy, I'm excited to see how this club can go on a, on a bit of a stretch with a full roster intact because they, they certainly look like they can do a lot of damage. Yeah, we're excited as well. David, it's always great to catch up with you, man. Great work as always. Uh, you can follow David on Twitter at The Fourth Period. He's also a host and analyst on SiriusXM NHL. Always appreciate the time, buddy. Enjoy this, uh, this holiday season. Happy holidays to you and the family. We look forward to talking with you after the new year. Likewise, guys. Thanks so much. Happy holidays. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.